Inherently Happy, Episode 13, The Happy Constant. Fear not the number 13, for happy will protect thee from such superstitions, and so forth. Anyway, the speed of light is a constant through unobstructed space in our universe. Parallel universes might have different photon velocities, but maybe that's why they haven't developed life yet. Or life that's a weird thing we don't understand. Here, the speed of light is a constant that is mathematically predictable. Happy is also a constant. The image of happy, the smirking, high-eyebrowed, happy face cartoon that doesn't really do it justice. It's just a depiction of my own concept. But happy, if, if you know, really good artist, or just like if you ever saw happy, like the tiniest particle of the universe of mind, of the soul, of everything, it would look similar, but it would look much better. Mine's a lop-shaded, sided, and smirk, you know, whatever. I put my own personality into that, and happy himself, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get better artists on it and try to depict it as close to, you know, reality. But, you know, you'll see it on your own. Anyway, happy always looks the same. Happy is a constant. So the eyebrow, when you're looking at it, is on the right side of when you're looking at it, which would be his left side. And, and I can raise my left eyebrow. And so I smirked and took a picture, and then I took a picture, and then I drew that. So which eyebrow I did it over. His left, what you're looking at, looks like it's on the right, and the smirk's on the right. And the big eyes, and the yellow head, and the black background, and the, the black lines, and the black filled in eyes. You know, the long oval eyes. You know, there's a picture of it on hahahappy.org, you know, and also on the pocket. It's, it's, it's a picture of happy. You're looking at it right now. No, no, you're not looking at it. Why aren't you looking? Well, if you're not looking at it, I just described it. It's like a happy face, but smirking with a big eyebrow that goes way above the circle of his head. You're like, how is it supported up there? I'm like, exactly. But if you looked at happy in a mirror, it wouldn't suddenly swap or flip. It's a constant. So if you're going to draw and then you have another happy and you're drawing a mirror image of happy, it's also happy. That's not a mirror image of happy. That is happy. Happy is all things at all times and all, all places. So any depiction of it is happy and any non-depiction of it is also happy. So it's all happy. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And, well, this, this constancy of happy is representative of the immutability, unchanging constant that is happy. The happy constant. Why is this important? Because it makes it something you can count on. Your happy self, spark, and happy juice is something from which you can always draw strength and vitality. It helps direct us towards happy things. It's comforting and invigorating both. It's what kept me going through the years, through the tragedies of heartbreak and loss. Loss of property, I had a fire. Loss of positivity, everybody was down on me. You know, like, when are you going back to work? I'm like, I just had a fire. Can you give me a second? You know, people just, and other times too. And I've lost loved ones. All my grandparents. And I had relationships with three out of four. It's pretty good. And my dad, who was my best friend. He didn't start out my best friend. He was an angry mofo. And my brother became angry. and But then I was left living at home while my brother and sister had gone off to college 
And they didn't have the same relationship with him that I had, you know. They knew him longer, slightly. And he was a good dad, but a strict, a harsh, angry, swearing, belittling kind of dad, too. And just loud and punishing and stuff like that. Mom's real nice. But we were like, Mom, stop him, you know. And sometimes she would. She would put her foot down and it would stop him immediately. But she just didn't do it enough for our tastes, you know. And I got to understand, she can't do it every five seconds. And he was away for most of our childhood because he worked in New York City and we lived up in Connecticut. And so it would be too much of a commute to do it every day. It would be seven hours on the road every day. So he just did it once a week. And so then the weekends were like, we went to church. We had to wake up for church. And we went to, you know, which I stopped going to at 13 when they gave me the option. I did never believe in church. I never didn't, didn't understand it. Didn't know why everybody else believed in it. And that only the people in this neighborhood in this particular congregation, because other people down the street went to a different church. And other people over there went to a temple. And other people over there went to this and went to that. And I'm like, why? They live near us too. Why are they over here? Well, that's the one we chose. I'm like, so there's choice to it? And, you know, a lot of questions. Always asking questions. And I'm like, wait a second. Dad's mean all week long. And all he has to do is cross himself and sit in a pew and listen to some dude bore us to death. And everything's cool again? Well, fuck that. Fuck that shit. And so when I got confirmed at 13... They're like, okay, we're going to give you the same option we gave to your brother and sister. Now that you confirmed, you get to choose your faith. So if you don't want to go to church anymore, you don't have to. I don't have to go to church. I don't want to go to church. Oh, no, I know. But your brother and sister, you just said that if I don't want to go to church, I don't have to go to church. I'm sleeping in every Sunday from the rest of my life. <laughs> and they've been trying to get me to go back ever since. Anyways, I was not a big fan of my dad when I was a kid. He was mean. But he was my dad, so I tried to spend time with him, but he got meaner. So he never hit us. I mean, spanking, but after that, it was just yelling. But the yelling was so much fucking loud. I hate yelling. And not like shouting like, hey, how you doing? I have a loud voice. I can shout. I can shout better than, louder than most people. So much so that it, that I don't even know when to stop. And it hurts my throat and it hurts my ears. That's why I don't like it. But I'm talking that angry yell that like, I'm better than you. I'm mad at you. You're worse than me. I'm fucking you over. Fuck you, asshole. Yelling. I don't like that. I don't like that from anyone. And I certainly don't like that from me because it makes me feel bad. So I, I just don't like that. And dad was like that. But then he retired early and he was home when I was in high school, latter half of high school. And I got along with him. I found out we had a lot in common. We like playing board games together and reading detective novels together and watching silly comedies together. And I was like, oh, no way. And then he died. And that sucked. It made me sad for a long time. And I've had my heart broken, shattered, just destroyed. Gonna get married to somebody? Nope. Nope. Forget the family you thought you were gonna have. And the love you were planning on promising forever. The other person was like, you know what, laters. And it wasn't like, you know, you did this to me and you did that to me. They're like, I don't know what you did. I just, meh. I'm like, I waited for you though. I went, you know, you were having troubles and you were like, you weren't sure how you were feeling about, felt about things. And I, I helped you express yourself. And you're like, I hate feelings. And I'm like, oh, I probably should have been like, yeah, this isn't going to work. But I had made the commitment, so I was going to stick it out. Probably not the best idea. If you know it's not going to work, then how is it helping either one of you? And she's a cheater. You know, like saying, hey, she didn't cheat. I'm like, she's a cheater. She cheated on 
her last boyfriend with me. She cheated on the previous boyfriend with him. She cheated on the previous boyfriend with that guy. She cheated on the previous guy with two guys. She cheated on the previous girl with that guy. It went back several times. And so I anticipated that maybe it'll happen again. And then I was like, you know, if you ever decide that, you know, we're just friends or you're not interested in me anymore or whatever, you know, just let me know. I'll be sad and everything like that, but we'll work it out, you know, like we're... We're good to each other. Let's not be bad to each other. But she just couldn't do that. She liked the exhilaration of a new relationship and that new relationship energy, that NRE. And just like, even after I like caught her, she was still like, you know, hiding. And I'm like, you don't have to do that anymore. You get that, right? But it's just a habit with her. And so that, and, and what people who lie to you don't realize is that Eventually, the truth will come out. It's really hard to keep it keep it like secret forever. So eventually, especially in a breakup, eventually you're gonna leave. So I'm like, oh wait a second, what? And then I'm gonna remember all the times you lied before that I didn't realize were lies until now. So it's a retroactive like ow 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 ow. So if you just get all the ows done in the first place, then it would be a lot better. You shouldn't have. And also, we lived together for years. We have each other's passwords to everything. I'm a snoop. I was a snoop when you met me. I snooped and followed you around like a little puppy for a year. Always trying to look on your social media and trying to figure out what's what and what do you like and everything like that. I'm a snoop. You knew I was a snoop and then you snoop back. I thought we were a match. But you forgot that I'm a snoop and so you wouldn't think that I just regularly check your emails. Not to be like, who's she talking to? But I'm like, oh, she wants to buy... Oh, she's on a mailing list for wine. Oh, I wonder what wine she like. You know, I'm always trying to like come up with something to make you feel special. You know, bring home some strawberries from the supermarket. If you're like, oh, I could really use some strawberries. I hear that and I do that. I don't like coffee. You like coffee. I remember what your drink is, you know, like stuff like that. And you didn't, I mean, you, you tried to make my birthday special, but the fact that I don't celebrate my birthdays didn't seem to affect you in any way. Like, but I understand you're like, no, I want to do something nice for your birthday. I'm like, why don't you do something nice for me, like, on a Tuesday? Like, on Valentine's, it has to be a holiday. Do it on some other day. I Make it an appreciation day. But on my birthday, I, I don't, I've never celebrated it a lot. I was a summer baby. Uh, and I consider that my one day of the year that I don't have to be on for people. That I don't have to help anyone. That I can just do what I want to do. And when you're in a relationship, you kind of are required to do what they want to do. And you're like, hey, you know, like, and everybody has their opinion. They're like, no, let, let them do something nice for you. And I'm like, yes. And that's what winds up happening. I always do what they want to do. That does not change the fact that I wish that I could do what I wanted to do. I'm still going to do what they want to do. They planned a nice thing and they went on to do it. And, then, you know, they're trying to show their, their appreciation and I appreciate it. But at the same time, I'm like, I could be doing what I want to do. You're like, well, fine. Now you can. Laters. And and if, if that was a contributing factor, well, there you go. No one's without blame, right? But I did things for her special on her birthday, whatever she wanted to do. You know, I wasn't like, oh, I don't celebrate people's birthday. I just didn't want to celebrate mine. That's all. I felt selfish taking somebody else's you know they're like no but they want to do it and i've since been like okay if somebody 
wants to do something nice for me and I don't let them because it makes me feel uncomfortable, then I'm being selfish because they don't get to do the thing that they want to do. I'm like, okay, okay, I get that, I get that. I don't know why it has to be on the birthday. Can it be on the conception day? Can we change it? Okay, the day that my parents came, I mean, my dad at least, I don't know about my mom. And you're like, oh, don't talk about that with your parents. I'm like, why not? It's natural, but makes you feel uncomfortable. Okay, fine, turn away. So yeah, I don't know. Um, anywho, so I've, I've had loss. And uh, so I've been through despair and frustration shame and guilt and mania where you're, you're you go a little crazy with a positive what starts out as a positive you know you're happy you're laughing and then that becomes like maniacal and you're like you know and you're scaring yourself like <laughs> you're like oh, oh, oh okay okay calm down calm down i have felt much and thought tons and yet never did i lose my sense of happy self through all my sadnesses, I knew that on the other side, I would be okay. I've lived long enough. I've experienced a long life. I've done it enough times where you're like, well, you don't know. You could come upon it something that is so tragic, so terrible, so the worst thing that's ever happened to you that you wouldn't be able to come back from that. I'm like, what, am I Job? What are you doing here? You're doing a Bible story on me where you're trying to, you know, play a little game like, who can we make you know, stop believing or start believing. Let's fuck with that guy over there and see if, like, he stops believing. Or if he starts believing. Oh, who knows? I'm like, that's mean. Some well-meaning people, and spare us the restrictive judgment of well-meaning people, have suggested that I may want to abandon this goal of trying to help the world because it never ends well. Well, hell. I'm doing it anyway. Happy is me. Okay? I'm not the only happy. You have your own personal happy and happy in the universe entire. But it's just me. It becomes me. It's me. You know? Oh, that is so you. It's so me. Happy is so me. And it's been me for a couple of decades now and some change. You know? I first, you know, like, I can't even say, like, when did you first think of it? I'm like, well, I first came up with the story that has become the thing like in 91 1991 but that was that wasn't happy yet it was called happy but it was a different incarnation of it it wasn't the far-reaching that didn't come around till like 93 because that's when i started doing extensive research and research used to be like a uh, ugly word because it's like, oh, you got to do a bibliography on your paper. And, uh, but now research is like, ooh, I learned something new. So happy is me. Happy is a constant, that constant part of me. So let us help you, if you dare. Ha, ha.